G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's spend some time talking about big questions, exploring even the meaning of life. Author Graham Evans, his new book asks the question, Is it time to think again? He's written his book for people who might see themselves as being on the edges of Christianity, who can think for themselves. He discusses the idea of discerning truth from fiction and addresses key topics in the evolution intelligent design debate. And if the creator has communicated with humankind, Graham explores why the Bible is the best candidate for divine communication. It's described as a book that whets the appetite for where the relationship with the Creator might lead. Graham Evans is in New Zealand and on the line with us. Hello, Graham. Welcome along to 2020. Yeah, hi. Thank you very much. Graham, this has been a five-year process to get this book out and congratulations on the launch a little earlier this year. Yeah, Let's talk about the idea that in day-to-day life, we're often swamped by so many things going around us, so many distractions that we don't grapple with the big questions. This was part of your motivation for writing. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly a reality for all of us. We all have seasons when life does get a bit hectic at times. And uh, I guess the thing is, if it's like that all the time, then something's wrong, because we need to... Uh, create some space for ourselves to to think about the big picture or even what's important to us in our relationships. Um, But the big questions come in there too. In a very secularised world, uh, there are those who like to think of scientific and technological advancements as being those things that will satisfy their deepest longings for meaning. You've been grappling with that question. What did you come up with? Yeah, well... Well, firstly, technology, in essence, it's just tools. And tools in themselves don't have meaning, that they, but they do have meaning in terms of how you use them. So if you take the internet, for instance, uh, they can be very useful and, and, and helpful in creating meaning in terms of relationships with uh, family that are offered a, a long distance away. Um, they can be good for getting online and reading online Bibles or, or, or studies like that, uh, research, especially if you're writing a book. Um, but there's a, there's a dark side to the internet, as we all know these days too, and we've probably all had several calls from scammers and, uh, and email scams and things like that. So technology in itself is amoral and it can be used for good or for evil. Um, and science itself is a bit similar. Um, if you think back to uh, Kepler, for instance, who uh, he was the one that wrote or discovered the, the laws of planetary motion, and uh, he was a, a believing Christian at the time, and, and he came up with a statement to think God's thoughts after him, and he just marvelled at what he was able to do, and just to get inside God's head, even in terms of how God made the planets work, and uh, so. 
science and research like that can actually enhance meaning yeah. if, we, if we use it in that way. But un unfortunately, the problem is these days is atheistic philosophy has taken over science. And uh, and so the universe and life, is, we're told, is just a, a random accident with no meaning at all. And when you bring that in, um, that sort of scientific thinking, uh, when that's taken over scientific thinking, that, that destroys meaning very quickly. Now, clearly there'll be some who are not even looking for meaning and purpose and answers to big questions, but very interested in the idea that you've written your book, as you say, for thinking people. And the way that thinking people use your book is as something of a roadmap uh, for seeking to explore the big questions. How does the roadmap principle work? Yeah, well, it's... Um See, even the big questions, they, they, they can swamp us because they're, they're so complex and, and big. <laughs> and uh, so what the book does is, my background is uh, I've spent many years as a systems, doing systems analysis type type work and, and software development. And so I've become quite good at, at just thinking through complexity and finding the right place for things and and then making things work once you've got them in the right place. And so um, what I've done is, in terms of thinking through the big questions, I've pulled out a, a fairly reasonable structure that people can follow. And so I just present that structure there as a, uh, the people can pick up and it, it just leads you through in a way that you can just think through in a way that systematically and uh, just get a handle on things, really, and, and see the big picture um, in a nice, balanced way. Well, a nice metaphor to use when you're talking about a book that helps to guide, saying there is a roadmap here. Uh, when you are looking to explore the big questions, a way that you can actually navigate some way forward. Another nice metaphor, nice way of talking about your book is that you call it a travel guide. Now, we're all used to having a look at a travel guide and a travel guide has outlines of points of interest along the way. Is this the sort of thing that you've included in your book as well? Oh, very much. That's why I used that as a subtitle, is that when you get into uh, researching and, and exploring the big questions, that there are a lot of fascinating little points of interest along the way. And uh, so in the book, uh, I've got a number of you know, links and earls or, or, or just raising a subject that might pique someone's curiosity and they can just throw that word into a or, or phrase into a into a search engine and can spend a whole evening <laughs> chasing up a particular topic so the the book opens up lots of very interesting topics and that that uh, people just didn't should enjoy just exploring so and i say that even in the book feel free to put the book down and, and, and go and do that because it's uh, it's part of my reason for writing it is to get people interested in, in uh, well, a lot that's out there. Graham, your introductory chapter is entitled Telling Truth from Fiction. Uh, now, a lot of people will think, 
that what I already know is the truth. And even in this postmodern world, people say, well, my truth is my truth and your truth can be your truth and they can be separate. Uh, But you've called your introduction Telling Truth from Fiction because obviously you're determined to be able to communicate that there is a truth and it does need to be discerned from this other idea of those things that are not true. Hmm. Well, very... Um, I guess a number of commentators have uh, said we're not just in the postmodern era now; we're, we're we're in the post-truth era. And as you say, tolerance is um, perhaps the most prized value of our society at the moment, where everybody's truth is valid, however subjective and wrong it might appear to us. Um, and people, as you were saying, they create their own reality, and. And these days we, we all select our own echo chambers to <laughs> to some extent as well, but, uh, and, and which tends to you know deepen the holes that we put ourselves in, or the or strengthen the bubbles that we've uh, built around ourselves. And uh, in fact, even <laughs> I had a friend the other day who was at a job interview, and and uh, and it was a management position, so he was talking with the boss, and and at the end of it, the boss said to him. Uh, listen, you, you tick all the boxes, but what makes you stand out for me is that you've got common sense. <laughs> and my my friend raised his eyebrows, and the and the boss went on to say that uh, you'd be surprised that common sense just isn't very common these days. And uh, I, I thought that was a very good line, and uh, and it's probably a, a pretty good commentary on our society and where our society is heading. Uh, well, um, that is a great insight, common sense mm. that used to be common between people who held to a similar or same truth. But if you don't hold to a same truth, you can't have common sense. So you spend yeah. nearly half of your book to talk about scientific topics. Now, as a systems analyst, someone who's worked in scientific and in uh, development of software applications and those sorts of things. Uh, you've obviously got a real interest in uh, the scientific topics around origins. Uh, why so much uh, the focus there, Graham? Yeah, well, it, it, uh, I've always been interested in scientific things, and, and so uh, I did my degree in science. And, and uh, but the origins is actually really important because our understanding of origins is. That really is lays the foundation for understanding of what the meaning of life is, and even the answer to any the, the question, what is the meaning of life? And so, uh, and because um, these days we, we're so bombarded with evolutionary thinking and other atheistic perspectives and in, in everything, basically, um, we're so bombarded with it that uh, most people just take that on board as being truth, because. Uh, they hear it all the time. It just couldn't possibly be wrong. And so I thought there was a, a very strong need and a very real need to um, look at the the issues because in the, in the last 50 years or so, there have been uh, a huge number of discoveries that that are just real problems for evolution. They are serious problems for evolution. And uh, and yet they don't come out on the news at all. And, and uh, but uh, 
people need to hear that. And so that's why I spent quite a, a lot of time in the book because it's, it's across the board. It's in all the fields of cosmology even and, and cellular biology definitely and medicine and geology even and, uh, and even the study of fossils, paleontology. The, there's all manner of problems across the board for evolutionary thinking. And so I spent considerable time just presenting that in a way that's very readable and it, and it just hums along and is, uh, it flows quite nicely and people um, should find that very easy to follow. And uh, if they find something that really piques their interest, well, they can even dig deeper than uh, what I was able to do in the book. So, Graham, we've got the roadmap. It's a little bit like a travel guide. There's points of interest along the way as people are looking into these deeper, meaningful, purposeful questions. Uh, Let me come straight to what I think you're arguing is the upshot of this, and this is that the Bible actually has a special place, uh, head and shoulders above other writings from antiquity. As you lead people into an appreciation of how God has revealed himself, how do you tackle that in your book, yeah. Well, it, 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 um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say it's not just head and shoulders; it's uh, waist and knees and ankles, probably as well above the rest. Um, the with the roadmap, the way I, I come around to the Bible, it, it comes a little bit later and towards the end, um, and so. Having the idea even of the scientific bit is to bring people through to the point of realizing that we're created. Then once I've got that point is where do they go from there? And uh, um, so the, it's, it's too fast a jump to take them straight into the Bible at that point. So, so what I do is, um, and, and also I call it spaghetti junction, you've got religions running in all sorts of different directions after that. Um, and so which one is true? And so what I do is I go back to the, the creation and anything that is made, if you look at it, it can tell you some things about whoever made it. And so I pull out of that quite a few uh, attributes or, or uh, capabilities of the creator. And then when you look at that, then there's only three religions of the world that that come within a bull's roar of um, those capabilities. And one is uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam to a, a lesser extent. And so that's the platform on which I come to look at the Bible. And then so, so in answer now to your question, peppered throughout the Old Testament and the, the New as well, you've got um, claims... That, of the creator of the universe speaking directly to mankind. Things like in the even the first verse, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And just peppered throughout, you, f- you find lots of phrases where God is speaking to humanity. Um, and there's not many other writings at all from antiquity, none at all really, that are in that caliber. And then you've also got with the Bible, uh, there are a number of, and they, they present, the Bible presents an all-powerful, uh, all-knowing uh, deity who's from everlasting to everlasting. And those are characteristics that when you study the creation, you, you, you pull out, the creator needs to have those characteristics. 
Well, just great getting insights into your new book, Graham. And let me point people to how they can get a hold of it. Now, the exciting thing is, I know you've got a special offer on where people can download the ebook absolutely free. I'll give the website where you can get a hold of the book. It's called Is It Time to Think Again? And asking that question of people who are seeking after meaning and purpose and the deeper, bigger questions. And for people who are on the periphery, on the edges of Christianity, but I know, Graham, that your book is also going to be very appropriate for Christian believers who will from time to time feel a little shaky and to be able to have a book that encourages them to get into those deeper questions and to point them where they can find answers that give a really solid foundation for their faith so the website is is it time to think again.com and that's where you'll be able to download your free ebook is it time to think again.com graham evans thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020 thank you it's been great to be with you before you go thanks for listening there's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au and remember vision is listener supported your donation large or small will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across australia and around the world learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au